every child is afraid of the dark, the unknown, the nightmare. In Gatlin, Nebraska, that nightmare is in the corn. Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is the first day of the future. We're trying out our new thing that we're doing um, by like going through an entire franchise tip to tail. Yeah. And we're actually like, this is a pretty blank slate because normally we have 10 word reviews, but this week we don't because... We didn't see anything. No, it's been really busy. Well, I guess we I guess, just saw the Jane Austen book club. Yeah, we can talk about that. That was last night. Yeah. Our schedule got kind of out of whack. We can think of that really fast. Do you have one? Um, Hollywood writer trashes Austin novels. Hugh Dancy. That's one. Yeah. Is cute. That is true. Um, oh, I don't know if I can do this in 10 words, but... Um, oh, 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 okay. Gratuitous pan towards Hugh Dancy's crotch. Love women directed movies. Okay. Because this movie was directed by a woman. She did direct it. Anyway, um, <laughs> that that's the Jane Austen Book Club. <coughs> but yes, we're starting with Children of the Corn, 1984. And I guess I'll just give you the plot of that, or should I talk about Midsummer Scream a little bit? You can do whatever you want, homie. Okay. You I mean, are our DJ, and we are in the your club at your whim. Okay, I'm just going to say shout out to everyone who came to Midsummer Scream and everyone who came to visit the Blumhouse booth where I was working on Sunday. And also to Ryan Larson and B. Bass from the Keep Screaming podcast, which is also on our network. You should check it out. Yeah. Um, I got to meet them in person for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Aaron Dries, the Australian writer, um, who I also met for the first time. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he's not listening, but hi. <laughs> Yeah, Brennan has been talking nonstop about his weekend. He's even wearing a little Slashback video shirt. I am. It's his staff on it. It's very Camp Counselor-esque. Yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, it's video store-esque, I think, is the idea. But... I don't know these things. Okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to be part of your world, Brennan. Let me in. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay. Um, but here's the plot of Children of the Corn. As physician Bert Stanton, Peter Horton, and his girlfriend Vicky, Linda Hamilton, drive across the Midwest to his new job, their trip comes to a sudden halt when they encounter the body of a murdered boy in the road. In trying to contact the authorities... Well, that's a little misleading, because didn't they think that they straight up killed that kid? No, they thought they did at first, but then the doctor looked at the body and was like, clearly this boy's throat has been slashed and there's blood on his suitcase out in the corn, so they know they didn't kill him. You're right. Um. Also, but I I believe the line is he was already dead when he crawled out onto the road, and I was like, that seems not true because he was alive and crawling. Yeah. Um. But in trying to contact the authorities, Bert and Vicky wander into a small town populated only by children, followers of sinister young preacher Isaac Croner, John Franklin. Soon, the couple is fleeing the youthful fanatics who want to sacrifice them to their demonic deity. Okay, Sergio. You've seen this movie before, right? Yeah. What bothers me about that synopsis is how do we know that the de- the entity is demonic? 
I thought that he who walks behind the row corn was saying some pretty good stuff. The rose. What was he saying? Murder he, the parents. Yeah. Um, kill Hot Amos, who is 19. Okay, Hot and Amos. And legally of age. Hot Amos is the only person who deserved to live from that movie. I know, and he, I think he did. He, he just, That's true, but he, I mean, like, we were supposed to clearly be rooting for Linda Hamilton and uh, her husband or Peter whatever. Horton. Or the man who she's living in sin with. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, these fools are dumb. Do you think... I mean, obviously Peter Horton is dumb, but did you think Linda Hamilton was dumb? No, but she was too acquiescent. She just went along with him. Yeah, she was very much the horror movie female, mm-hmm. where he's like, wait in the barn, and she's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take care of these children, and I guess now I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my major takeaway from the movie. It's my first bullet point is that he's so dumb. Yes. Well, um, we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality, and not dumbness, but we'll talk about that a little more because that's really the main through line of the movie. Yeah. Um, but do, what's your scariness score? Did this movie scare you at all? I wouldn't say that it scared me, um, but but what was good was that I did get frightened a little bit. I got creeped out. Okay, by what? Do you have a number? It's early in the day, Brennan. <laughs> yeah. uh, I said two, didn't I? No, you said nothing, I don't think. Oh, okay. I think I just was too busy thinking. Um, <laughs> I gave it a two. Okay. Because I think when I first saw the movie, what scared me was that initial diner scene. Yeah, that scene is incredible. Yeah, when someone ordered low-fat fries, I was like, you don't do that at a diner. Did that happen? No. Yeah, okay, whatever. I was trying to be a joke because I don't want spoilers to happen. We are going to spoil this movie. It's Children of the Corn. It's, for some reason, a classic. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Iowans need their favorite horror movie too, Brennan. Nebraskans, but thank you. Uh, well, everybody has corn now. Um, <laughs> it's a real global economy, corn. Truly is. Um, I guess then, like a 21st century version of this movie would be Children of the Soybeans. Children of the Quinoa? No, soybeans. Soybeans are like the major cash crop now. Children of the poke? Okay, whatever. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, so two. The diner scene was great. Yes, I'm also giving it two, and partially, like, the po- potentially the only 100% genuinely good scene in the movie is that opening diner scene. Mm-hmm. Um, minus the terrible voiceover narration from uh, Joby the Child. Yeah. Um, which is very a Christmas story and does not come up as frequently in the movie. I mean, I wish it came up less, but it doesn't come up frequently enough for you to remember that there is a narrator in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it come, it just randomly shows up and you're like, ah, what is, why is this kid talking to me? <laughs> Who's he telling the story to? That's true. I agree. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, so the, um, this kid and his sister are the only two kids who aren't out in the cornfield with Isaac this one day when the kids decide to murder the hell out of all the adults in the town. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of which, uh-huh. which do you think was a more befitting name for the little creepy kid? Do you think Isaac or Mordecai? Malachi. Whatever. Mordecai is the Johnny Depp character with the mustache. Malachi. Um, I, I think Isaac works because Isaac is like a biblical name. I mean, they're both biblical names. I think all the names are biblical names, mm-hmm. but Isaac feels more like a proper prophet name, mm-hmm. and Malachi feels like an evil name. It, That's why I think it should go to the little hat kid. No, but the thing is, I feel like Malachi is unequivocally evil. He's the muscle of this terrible cult thing, mm-hmm. and I feel like Isaac is the charismatic despot, you know? Like, you're the people who are under his rule, 
He's our false prophet. They're supposed to like him. Oh. Um, and or just respect his power. Okay. And not know fully that he's evil, so they can like follow him. Okay. You know. I got you. Okay, I don't know. We've done some deep thinking about this one. Yeah, just like all day and all night I've been stroking my beard, mm-hmm. thinking about Children of the Corn. Yes. Oh, speaking of ad slashback video, um, which is Ryan Turek's uh, video store installation with a lot of horror VHSs um, at Midsummer Scream, they had a bunch of like old video store memorabilia, and one of them was a giant inflatable piece of corn that was promoting Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest. <laughs> Pretty cool. And for the longest time, because my booth was right across from them, I was staring at it, and I thought it was a blimp. And then I realized it was yellow and green. I'm like, oh, it's corn. <laughs> Duh. I, you should have taken a picture. I would have loved to see this totally, blimpy corn. It totally... I mean, I was working, so I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's a picture of it somewhere. I'll find it. Early. Um, anyway, yeah, that opening scene, it's a diner scene, um... The coffee has been spiked with poison, so all the people start like choking and grabbing their throats. And mm-hmm. then this little boy, Joby, has to watch a child slit his father's throat like right in front of him. Yeah. And it's just a truly intense scene. It's truly intense, but little Joby didn't do nothing to help or stop. Oh, he's useless. Yeah. He just runs around flapping his arms like Kermit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what else? Um, I thought some of the... Um, weird Blair Witch esque corn husk artworks were kind of freaky. Oh yeah, um, they had little crucifixes made of corn. Yeah, and like um, they all the Jesus paintings and stuff in the church they cornified, like by like ripping out the faces and putting him giving him like a corn wig. I don't know, it's really strange. Um, <laughs> but some of those are kind of creepy, um, even though they look like that uh, poorly redone fresco. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of them look like that. Where Jesus looked like a monkey when that lady tried to restore it and just totally failed. Oh, so good. You got to check that out. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, there was some set dressing in this um, that was freaky. And Isaac and Malachi are mildly iconic characters. I think they're the reason people remember this movie. Yeah. Um, Isaac more so and Malachi more so just because his name is cool. Yeah. Um, That's why I think that their names are mismatched. But whatever. I like your little theory. Thank you. I mean, because Isaac is a genuinely good performance, I would say. Not like one of the greats, uh-huh. but it's it's effective and satisfying. And um, partially because the, this is a weird thing, because um, John Franklin, um, the, who played Isaac, was 25 at the time. He was 23, wasn't he? 23, something like that. But he was an actual grown-up. Uh-huh. Uh, he has a... Uh, I'm not sure... Why he looked like a child, but he had a like a, a hormone imbalance of some kind or something like that. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Um, and that um, adult carriage in a child's child, outwardly child presenting body, mm-hmm. is something that was very creepy. And I, I don't, I don't like. It's weird, like horror movies that use someone's actual physical attributes to turn them into a monster, is something that's. I always find very questionable mm-hmm. um, and kind of uh, inappropriate. So I don't want to say like, oh, this guy is creepy because he's not. I think he's giving a good performance that is creepy. Mm-hmm. He's, he, uh, he's using his appearance and giving it this haunted, um, like hollow adult sensibility. And I'm like him as an actual person, not creepy. Him as Isaac, creepy. Yeah. I think he's doing a great job. I think I see what you're saying. Okay. Because I don't want to say like, 
oh, his abnormality is creepy because it's not. Uh-huh. You know? No, I see what you're saying. It's, okay. Yeah. An adult is a child. is creepy. Yeah. Um, because they highlight his more childlike physical attributes. Mm-hmm. And he brings... And that's exactly what Isaac is supposed to be. He's supposed to be this prophet wise beyond his years. Yeah. Who manages to lead a cult of children into murdering their parents, essentially. Yes. Like, you know, it's befitting that it would be him. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So I, I was just trying to get that across without, like, falling straight into the pond of being terribly offensive. But I think mm-hmm. he is giving a good performance. And mm-hmm. I think he is almost 100% the reason that this movie is memorable. Oh, yeah. The movie's totally carried on his back. Yeah. Him and Linda Hamilton's. Yeah. And is 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 the reason Linda Hamilton helps only because she was in Terminator? Because I'm not sure she's I didn't doing know that. anything in this movie. I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. I didn't. Oh. Um, I haven't seen any of the Terminators recently. Fair enough. And by recently, I mean in the past two decades. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but no, I just thought she was real pretty and nice to look at. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we should move on to campiness. That's my contribution to that. Yeah, no. Um, we, look, I, I want to talk about Linda Hamilton, but I'm going to save it for a little bit later. Campiness, I also give it a two. I give it a three. Okay. Why'd you Controversy. give it a two? Oh, I know. Um, well, as much as you liked the little effects of the corn husks and stuff, I thought that was pretty campy. Um, uh, their reaction, uh, Linda Hamilton and her Bert, um, excuse me. They were very, I guess, dismissive of the folkiness of the town. Just in the sense of, like, all of rural America. They're like, oh, these are all hicks right here. This is all mm-hmm. jokey. They're following God. Like, they literally open up uh, the a scene when they uh, start singing to the radio, and it's like a, it's a, a preacher it's a, man. It's like a fire and brimstone sermon on the radio. Yeah, and then they start imitating him. And then later on, that same sermon guy comes on, and they're like, nope, we can't do this. Yeah, <laughs> it's no gotten more. too real. Yeah. Um, um, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and what you were saying about... Oh, um, well, I thought you were going to go with um, how dumb Peter Horton's character is, because that was oh, something that really dumb. bothered you during the that, movie. No, that was. I thought I made that point clear at the beginning. I mean, I think we can dive deeper into that. Like I said, it is the main theme of the film is yeah. what an idiot this guy is. Yeah, he's oh. just really a man on a mission. It's like, I know what's best, and I'm not going to give my th- first thought any additional thought. I'm just going to run with it. That's toxic masculinity right there. It really is, because they were like they knew that something was up with this town, that something was clearly not all was right in Denmark, you know? Yeah, it was empty. Three wandering orphans tried to steal their car. Everything's full of corn. Yes, they saw just little corn husks everywhere with a little, like, Jesus thing. And he refused to leave. He didn't even give it leaving a second thought. They were just like, we have to find the proper authorities to report this potential murder to. Yeah, like, Linda Hamilton's like, there. this town is scary as hell. We found this little girl just playing with dolls or something just and drawing just, weird pictures yeah drawing weird psychic pictures and that's such a stephen king element i don't think she was even in the original short story but that feels so stephen king like yeah let's have a psychic little girl in here just for uh-huh. fun yeah um but yeah so he's like i'll go to the town hall and the church which are full of corn and he's like seems fine to me mm-hmm. i'm just gonna leave linda hamilton behind with this child she just met and so dumb and the thing that makes him realize that this town is bad 
is he found he finds a painting of a dragon and somehow oh yeah somehow, everything clicks yeah he's like I must save my wife <laughs> that really was a weird scene he sees the dragon picture and all of a sudden like his mannerisms change completely like to a 180 where it's like oh finally cognitive thought has re- has been restored to me yeah I don't know it's bananas um, did you ever read the original novella? A uh, short story, and yes, but I don't really remember it. But it's oh. very brief. It, okay. It's more just... I mean, it, it's the basic structure, I think, but they add a lot of characters. And like, I don't think even like like an Isaac or a Malachi is there. It's just like... I Honestly, I don't remember. Okay. But I just remember it being very bare bones. Okay. I was wondering if they explored what that picture meant at all in the short story. Oh, almost certainly it was not in there because that's crazy. Okay. Um... um. But yeah, um, the, the- one thing else that was very campy was how over the top the children actors were. These were very much, they felt like they were plucked from theater camps across America for mm-hmm. one summer. Like, oh boy, Malachi is coming. We must do get out. No, no. Like lots of hand waving. Yeah. That's all Job did was hand wave. Oh, yeah. He, his arms were made of noodles. Mm-hmm. They were just like flopping around his head whenever he moved. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the little girl was decent. She was good. Um, Joby's sister, mm-hmm. Sarah, Sarah. Uh huh. Um, but Malachi and I was like, Outlander. Yeah, we have like, your woman. Oh, you're t- I've I've been practicing my ac- my Malachi accent for two days. I know. I've and heard he it. Just blew it out of the water. I know. I'm typically better at accents than you. Whatever. You just want like, some coffee? Okay, no, don't don't even. You just undermined your entire argument. Why? That's a good coffee. But That's a good accent. <laughs> no, but my, my accent, he's just like, can't. It's forbidden. It's just like very like rocket Whoa. power. Heterosexuality just hit me in the face right now. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so, I'm such a bro. He's like, kill the outlander, dude. Yeah. He just sounded like Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, I felt that one. Could you do yours again? It was so good. I can't no not when you're watching. Okay, never mind. Um A true thespian must slip into the character. A true thespian must I it's gone. What the was that supposed to be me? Am I that mask? No. Okay. I wasn't being you. Okay. Okay. There you I'm go. Sergio. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to Scream One O One. Um I stayed awake during this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Um so many sacrifices I make. But no, little girl is okay. Um there is a great scene. When um, their slightly older friend is trying to run away from the town. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, he's like, make sure nobody's looking. And as he runs into the cornfield, she's like, nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. And screaming it. <laughs> and I thought that was a really sweet, like almost Steven Spielberg-esque scene uh-huh. of like, these kids are still just being kids in this crazy evil mm-hmm. death town. Mm-hmm. And that was really sweet. That was really sweet. I thought it was really dumb. Oh, yeah, of But course. it was so sweet. No, because they're kids. They don't understand the yeah. import of what's happening. Um, what else? Yeah, Bert's an idiot. The dragon painting. Oh, there is a point when um, Bert does... He, like He's hiding in a barn, or he's wandering through a barn, and he sees Malachi look through the window. So Bert ducks, but he ducks behind nothing. He just ducks in place. And I'm like, Malachi can still see you. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, Bert being a dummy. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. And I just have Amos written in all caps under here, Sexy too. Sexy Amos ritual. 
Um, um, we can talk about that for just a second. Okay. Um, it, I, there were some scenes in this movie that I thought were creepy. Okay. Uh, and this added to my earlier score of a two. Sure. Um, and that was the ritual in which they were getting prepared to sacrifice Amos. Yes. Who, um, who it was the first day of his 19th year. 19th um, or 18th? 19th, exactly. Okay. So he's very of age. Okay. Um, and yeah, so the children sacrifice him because only children are allowed in Corntown. Mm-hmm. Gatlin, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, Gatlin, Nebraska. Nope. It's Gatlin. Nope. Gatlin. <laughs> it's Gatlin. If you see a K instead of a G, you're saying Caitlin. You're not saying, hey, Catlin. No, it. You would if it was K A T L I N. It's Gatlin. It's G A I T. No, it's G A T L I N. Really? Yes. Whatever. They say it out loud multiple times. They're like, Gatlin might be religious and they don't want people to come, but they sure know how to advertise. Whatever. And there's like a bunch of signs that say Gatlin. Fine. Gatlin over here, Brennan, with, with the correct, yeah. correct pronunciation of things. Um, one scene that did freak me out a little bit was uh, the mechanic scene. When, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the mechanic is being, I guess, harassed by Mordecai, Malachi. Um, uh-huh. And, like, his first his dog runs into the corn, and then the dog we know is going to die. Uh-huh. We and find then, the bloody neckerchief of the dog. Yeah, and I thought that was so, like, oh, Like, yeah. they couldn't even show us that because it's so rough. <laughs> rough. Okay, if you want to bark like a fool and let people know you're into pup play, that's <laughs> okay. that's all between friends here. Um so that was rough and kind of creepy. Okay, let's move on. We can move on. Um, I had to I had to say it. You didn't have to and that's just not true. I feel like this I could sue you for Is this slander? Yeah, it's slander. Why is it slander? Cuz it's not libel. No, but what did I say was slanderous? Pup play? No, thank you. Oh. <laughs> It's not all about you, Bram. I'm talking about the movie. Did you not think that that scene with the mechanic was creepy? Yeah, it was creepy. Okay. I'm just like, you know, I feel misrepresented. I'm sorry. Like, no judgment if you're into that at all. But I'm not a dog. I'm a human. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, effect score. <laughs> two out I'm of so five, sorry. Two out of five kernels. We're bringing back the names for scores. I say three. Really? Why? Because those are some pretty cheap, gnarly effects. They're, they are hilarious. Like, when he who walks behind the rose finally shows Manifest. Manifest as... Yellow blob. Yeah, like like somebody spilled ink on the film print. Yeah. It's it's delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. When, when Isaac does get consumed by he who walks behind the rose, his childish scream is haunting. Mm-hmm. That was a freaky scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that that's a terrible effect. There's, I like when it exploded and then the little cross just went up in the air. Shot in the, that was great. Um, I think there are probably exactly two good effects. Three, maybe three in this movie. The cloud. Yeah, the clouds rolling in, uh-huh. which are immediately undermined when it cuts to the next shot and there is a clear blue sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the effect itself is great. Um, there's the, uh, when he who walks behind the rose manifests as the gopher from Caddyshack. Yeah. And is, you can see like the dirt rolling up as it moves. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, when corn attacks Peter Horton. Oh, that one was good. Yeah. He starts like wrapping that. around his leg. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Also another thing where he's dumb, he's like, I gotta go find something out in the cornfield and the corn just parts for him. And he's like, this seems fine. Yeah. I thought it was hubris. Just Horton's... Horton hears a hubris. 
Horton's hubris. Because it's like, you know this corn is evil. Like, that has been established at, by this point, if nothing else. Uh-huh. And then it just parts for him. Like, he's freaking Moses, and it's the Red Sea. And I was just like, come on, man. Like, you know better. You're he's a doctor. Like, he's like, I might be Moses. Yeah, this tracks. Uh-huh. I am a genius. I'm going to save Linda Hamilton. Cause, oh, yeah, because um, he thinks that the policemen are in the corn. Uh-huh. In, I mean, because... First of all, Sarah does not know how to give a straight answer to a question. They're like, where are all the adults? And she's like, in the cornfield. And he's like, what, are they having a meeting or something? And it's like, they're dead, man. Mm-hmm. There's n- Isaac is- put them there. Yeah, come on. He's like, who's Isaac? And then later on, she's like, Isaac and Malachi. And he's like, if you don't shut up about this Isaac guy, mm-hmm. I'm like, just listen to her. Mm-hmm. She might not have the words to express death and destruction, but like, you know mm-hmm. what's happening here. She's a little blonde girl in a movie. You have to be aware that she harbors the truth. Sure. Um, but yeah, um, the, the effects aren't great. Uh, the couple deaths that there are are mostly off screen, um, except in the opening. There's a pretty brutal one in the diner scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of that uh, red tempera paint blood, um, which is fine. It, it, it's just not, it's not good mm-hmm. most of the time. No. Yeah. Um. So let's uh, let's uh let's wrap start wrapping this up like a like a husk of corn. Huh. You really don't wrap up a husk of corn though. It wraps up itself. You unwrap one just like this podcast. You wrap up a tamale with corn husks. Okay. Let's wrap it like a tamale. Like a tamal. Okay. Um. I give it a three. Me too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> See, look, um, this movie's not great. It's not great, but it was quick-paced, which I enjoyed. It is a fleet 93 minutes, and it feels like 70 minutes, and I'm into that. Uh-huh. Um, there were some parts that I felt that dragged on. Uh, the first 30 minutes was just spent in a car for our brave heroes. Um, but overall, I liked the pacing of it, like which I already uh-huh. mentioned. Um, I thought... Uh, there were some really good scenes, of course, which uh-huh. we also already mentioned. Um, and the reason why I would give it as low a score as I did was just because the writing was a little over the top for me. Um, and I thought that it was really low budget. Yes, yes, it, it, very much so. Um, it's very cheap. It, it, it It's a chintzy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that that translates as well as one would like into today's horror world. No, it, it doesn't. Um, it, it's very much, it's, it's the type of generic genre entry that most people probably think of when they think of horror, where it's not really great. Um, but the, the, there's, the characters of Isaac and Malachi are gently iconic. Yes. Um, for decent reason. And like I said, they're the only reason I can think that this movie ever became a classic at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the the score is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the cor- choir I of children. I disliked the score. Oh, really? All of it? Yeah. I thought it was too on the nose. Just too over the top. Okay. A little ch- choir of demon children. Malakai. Okay, maybe that part. But like the main theme, I liked mm-hmm. when it when it came back. I was like, oh, that's creepy. It's choral, and it makes the movie feel bigger than it is. It certainly added a religious element to the movie. Yeah, and um, I think that Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton had very nice chemistry in the beginning when we just get to see them as a couple mm-hmm. um, before they uh, fall into the horror situation mm-hmm. because neither of them play that very well. Linda Linda Hamilton, because she has nothing to do. 
Mm-hmm. She's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but Peter Horton, again, maybe it's a script thing because there's a part where the evil children of the corn priestess attacks them from the backseat of the car. And then he has to like hit her with the car door and he knocks her out. And then he's like, Oh boy. Oh no. And he's not reacting like, Oh, I just murdered a child. He's like, Oh, what a day. Uh huh. Um, and it's just, it's bizarre and it doesn't really work, Mm -hmm. but I like their chemistry in the beginning. I agree. They were pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a really sweet, tender scene in the hotel room. Like, she's singing him happy birthday and mm-hmm. so forth. And, yeah, so three out of five, that, that feels safe to me. And also, we're, if we do really intend on going through all these movies, we need some wiggle. We need a room to grow down into the lower scores. Yeah. We cannot start at a two or a one. That's a really good point. Like, we're starting off right in the middle. So if a movie is truly an exceptional sequel, it will earn that. Yeah. Um, And if a movie is really bad, which we are expecting them to be, Uh, it gets down to the ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Are you excited about this journey? Hell yeah. I'm excited to see Isaac return at some point. In Children of the Corn 666. Yes. Um, I have a question. I think this is something we should start implementing, at least for the franchises both of us haven't seen. What do you think will happen in the next one? Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice. Which was, guess what, not the final Children of the Corn movie. Um, something tells me that uh, there'll be a new child who decides to take the role of Isaac. Fair enough. Yeah, like, do you think it's going to be Gatlin again or a new town? Because I know literally nothing about this movie except for the name. My guess is that it's Gatlin. Okay. Um, yeah, like, maybe... Because they kind of did leave the kids behind. Mm-hmm. Also, they're obviously never going to mention Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all going to be new kids. Um, I think it's going to be just the same. There might be one child to return, I feel. Like maybe a Malachi. Mm-hmm. Or an Amos. Maybe. I hope it's Amos. It probably won't be Amos, but maybe... Um... He was shirtless for so long and it was great. And he was an adult, which makes it even better. Because he was hot. It really does make it better. Um, uh, no, it's going to be like that weird ritual girl. That they'd unclocked out at the like end. the priestess or something? Yeah. I, I think knowing cheap sequels, I assume they didn't even approach any of the original actors because they were like, they're going to ask for more money. Mm-hmm. Um, but if someone returns, it's pro- I, I'm feeling Malachi. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure Isaac doesn't return until part six. Okay. Um, my guess is it's going to be one of those sequels that's essentially a remake. It's telling the exact same story. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Like, I, I think as we go on, we're going to get slightly different variations on it. Like... Part three, Urban Harvest. Clearly something different's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I feel like they're like, let's just do the same thing. Children yeah. of the Corn, let's do it. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to be telling you what we're watching next week. But first, here's how you can find us on uh, things. Um, find us on Facebook at Scream 101 Podcast. On Twitter at Scream 101 Pod. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. And uh, why not give us five stars? And tell us your favorite Children of the Corn movie so we can be excited and look forward to what's going up, going on with that. Yeah. Um, and next week, we're starting our second franchise of the month. Uh, we're going to be starting with the original The Omen. Dun, dun, dun. And what you're holding is actually the remake. Look, I got The Omen in my hand, okay? Uh-huh. Let's not... So and you, you got a full screen edition. That's awesome. That's so sad. How did I? How did I miss that? I probably got it for like a buck fifty at work. It's true. That's how I ended up with my full screen edition of the hours. Oh, you know what? You know where I got that copy of the Omen? For me? 
No, I actually bought it on campus at Cal State Long Beach. Oh, really? Like five years ago. Because it was just sitting there and I was like, all right. I need to give this a home. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to be watching. There's a straight up spoiler in this tra- in this um, cover of The Omen, by the way. Okay. A little kid's evil. That's a spoiler. Continue. That's not a spoiler. That's a um, spoiler. That's the whole point of the movie. Um. Have you seen any of the Omen movies? I've seen the original, I've seen the remake, and I think I've seen one, two and three. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember Jack from them, so... No, okay, yeah, because I've actually only ever seen the original The Omen, so I guess this is one where it's going to be completely new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go through, in theory, all four of them and the remake, mm-hmm. although... Always leaving that little escape hatch where if a, if a franchise gets too rough, we're just going to move on to something else. Yeah. When I say I think I've seen two and three, it's because it got a little rough there, um, as you like to say. Uh, and and I just kind of like, you know, slut out. Mm-hmm. But I, I've heard interesting things about all three of the sequels, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty down to watch those ones. Okay. Um, but yeah, so... In case you didn't catch what we're doing now, um, we explained it last week, but we're doing these franchise deep dives. Children of the Corn, we're going to do a new Children of the Corn movie every other week. Um, The Omen, we're going to do the second week of every month. And then for the fourth week, we'll let you know later. Keep that a little scintillating surprise. We maybe haven't decided yet. That's our beat at the end of the hook. You're sure, only, yeah, you're only listening to find out what we're doing yeah, in the fourth our little week. Little wiggly worm. Anyway, yeah, because whatever was that gross? A little bit. I saw you wince. Yeah, I was like, okay, it's just talking about worms. Okay, sorry. About we that. lost Shannon. Oh, true. Um, I think we lost her months ago. <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, until next week when we catch up with the Omen. Uh, good luck on your journey. Stay gold, everybody. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hey everyone, welcome to Eerie Earfuls. Every two weeks we choose a horror movie double feature to compare and contrast for your entertainment. Who chooses rotates each episode. We explain why we chose the films and then proceed to analyze the two. Why did you pick these two movies? Because both sequels reference and parody the original. They're both werewolf movies. And both of the main characters feature disabilities. I wanted to pair two slasher films that were based on revenge plots. I liked the theme of misunderstood monsters. Fair warning, there will be spoilers. I'm Justin. And I'm Brandon. You can subscribe to us on CastBox and iTunes. Thank you for listening, and stay scared, everyone. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.